You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Why on Earth Would I Ever Do This to Myself. This is Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. I'm here with Frank Madden. Frank, um, tell me something fun or beautiful or great that can distract me from whatever it was that the Bucks just did for their, their Sunday game against the Heat. The Bucks reacted to a terrible fourth quarter that lost them the game against the Warriors, a game that they could have beaten against the Steph Curry Warriors. They responded by bringing their best defensive performance since November 30th in Portland. Bam! There it is! They held the Miami Heat to just 97 points and lost by 18 points anyway. Sorry, I thought we were going in a good direction. No, I I thought you had it there for a little while. Actually, uh, let's say positive things. Um, Malcolm Brogdon the last couple of games. Yep. Can't blame it on Malcolm Brogdon. Um, <laughs> he seemed to be the only guy who was able to get anything going to the basket against Miami. Uh, had another like sneaky facial. Yep. Um, you know, again, not a lights out game. Fifteen points, five boards, a steal. Uh, I don't know. The only member of the starting five that really seemed to kind of play up to their potential. <laughs> and he um, had their worst plus minus. Yeah, any other worst plus minus. That's that's the old single game plus minus playing yeah. tricks thing. But um and Friday I thought he had one of the best defensive games of his season, I thought, against Clay Thompson and company. Yeah, he was great. Um Clay just eleven shots, twelve points. Um did not did, only only took two I don't know what's more impressive, Clay not making a three or only taking two yeah. uh against the Bucks in thirty five minutes. I mean, kind of crazy that neither Steph Curry because he was hurt nor Clay Thompson because he was blanketed made a three-pointer against the Bucks on Friday night. The Warriors shoot just 15 threes in the entire game, but the Bucks still managed to give up 121 points per 100 and get totally blown up, the, get their doors blown off in the fourth quarter. But I don't know, which, which game do you want to start with? Because both games obviously provided very little to be happy about. And I, I will say this as well. Remember we had that conversation a couple weeks ago about the Bucks not playing in blowouts one way or the other? And they had like mm-hmm. the few, the fewest blowouts, I think, of like of, uh, at that point. I do remember and that. Yes, I think that was the day of the the Pacers home game. I want to say. Yep. And since then, the Bucks uh, they blew out the Pacers. So that was a blowout. Then they got blown out by the Raptors. Yep. They had a close game against the Wizards. They got blown out by the Pacers. They they should have. They were blowing out the the Magic until the very end. So that should have been a blowout. Blot, and then they've lost two straight blowout games. So basically, like since we said, oh wow, the Bucks don't win, don't aren't involved in blowouts, either losing big or winning big. They've had one big win, really should have been two, but gave up the late lead uh, a little bit against the Magic, and they've absolutely been destroyed against the Raptors, Pacers, uh, Warriors, 
and Heat. And again, obviously the Warriors game was 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 you know competitive, but but obviously the final score was was a fourteen point difference. So um, so what do we so need yeah. to record here, Frank? Um, this is locked on long winning streaks. Uh, why have the Bucks <laughs> not had a long winning streak in years? Um, what is it exactly about the Bucks that keeps them uh, from those long winning streaks? Uh, I guess that must be what we need to record next because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not really sure where to go here. Um, <laughs> you talked about Brogdon being a bright spot and I'll stick there for just uh, just a second longer. I thought his third quarter against the Warriors was magnificent. Uh, I think he yeah, had yeah. 11 third quarter points, one assist, another hockey assist, and he just essentially decided, like, okay, I got this. Because Giannis had picked up his fourth foul, and he had to go to the bench, and they kind of leaned on Brogdon, and Brogdon said, okay, I got this. And I think that was probably the best the best he's played this entire season because it, was, it wasn't just that he was scoring and getting some of those backdoor like uh reverse buckets on the baseline like he had like a pull-up three and he was just commanding everything out there like he he was grabbing attention when he got too much of it he kicked it out and they kind of moved the offense and made everything work so I thought he was just great in that game and then also uh in Miami he, he was the only guy that really showed up in in any way uh, so I thought that was that was great stuff from Malcolm Brogdon uh, this weekend. Let's go to all right. Let's go to the Warriors game. I'm going to try to push the Heat game just a, f- a little bit further out of my mind before attempting to discuss it. The Bucks have a 33 to 17 third quarter where they come back and take a lead into the fourth quarter. And when you were watching that game, you just kind of got the feeling that against the Warriors, I mean, it was kind of exactly what Giannis had talked about yesterday that I put in my piece at ESPN Milwaukee, where he said that when you play the Warriors, you're always excited and scared because at any moment, the Warriors can embarrass you. And when you watch that game, it was, okay, Bucks go down 12. Bucks get it back to three or four. Bucks go back down 12. Bucks get it back to three or four. And you thought like, okay, maybe... I don't know if they can get over the hump and they got over the hump and you thought, okay, this is going to make for a very interesting fourth quarter. And then the Bucks scored 12 points in the fourth quarter. That is their lowest total in any quarter uh, this entire season. So I, what was your thought process going into the fourth quarter? Did you think that, okay, maybe, maybe the Bucks are going to give the Warriors a game again, or did you think that, okay, well they just timed their run and, you know, it was before the fourth quarter started and they have a lead, but there's no way they finish this one out. Well, I mean, if you have any ambitions of being a good team and you're playing a warrior team that doesn't have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson's not doing anything. Uh, Durant obviously was playing well, but, you know, he wasn't like supernova Durant or whatever, right? Yep. Um, you just had Giannis go to the bench with foul trouble uh, and then you go on this scoring run against the Warriors, and the Warriors are going to start the fourth quarter with basically their like veteran role player lineup. Effectively, I think I think Draymond might have been on the court with them as well. But you know, for the most part, Durant didn't play most of that fourth quarter. And so, I mean, again, the Warriors are great because they don't fall apart when they bring in bench guys, right? I mean, that's obviously a big a big part of what makes the Warriors so special. It's not just that they have star players but that they can mix and match role players 
veterans, whatever, and they're still really good. But of course, I mean, look, the Warriors, I mean, they're, they're, you know, like we've talked about, they've been a team that loses interest that, you know, maybe hasn't been taking the regular season as seriously as, you know, you might, um, well, let me say this, their, their results, the record is maybe not indicative of how talented they are. Right. I mean, they're, they're going to be nights where they're, they're beatable. Right. And this was a night where they absolutely were beatable and the Bucks kind of kept going with a lineup that didn't have Bledsoe or Giannis early in the fourth quarter. And again, I'm I'm always hesitant to complain about Giannis sitting on the bench because he needs to sit on the bench more in general. So I, I'm not as worried about that because, you know, he had the foul trouble issues and, and all that. Um, but they just, you know, they couldn't get anything going offensively in, in that for, start of the fourth quarter. And I think we're going to talk a lot more about Chris Middleton. But Middleton was has been really bad the last couple of games. There is a broader trend of Chris Middleton not playing well against good teams that I think is a, you know, bigger concern and, and discussion point. Um, but they, in that fourth quarter kind of tried to keep running with basically kind of the role players. I think Thon was in there. Um, I think Brogdon was in there. Um, Delhi was in there and they just couldn't get anything going and everything just kind of ground to a halt. And, you know, again, it's not like it, 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 it took a while for them to lose that like lead too, right? I mean, it was interesting because it wasn't like the Warriors came out and just blitzed them and were up ten with like you know early in the fourth quarter. Like it, it took a while for those te- for for the Warriors to kind of start getting separation, but eventually they got it. And yeah, I mean that. I mean, part of me is not surprised that the Bucks would would kind of blow a chance to to close out the Warriors, but I don't think that means we shouldn't expect them to be able to you know, at least be competitive because certainly they, they were on the back foot. And then finally when Durant comes in, they really didn't need Durant to close that game out, but he reminded us just what he's capable of with a couple of daggers late in the game as well. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I thought, and I tweeted about it a couple of times. I mean, I thought they went to Bledsoe too late because Bledsoe, he was really bad in Miami, but he actually was, you know, really him and Giannis and Brogdon were the guys who were getting something going uh, against the Warriors. And, um, I think Brogdon's or uh, Bledsoe sat like the first seven or eight minutes of the fourth quarter uh, against the Warriors. And, um, you know, again, I, I'm always hesitant to, to kind of demand that, you know, guys get run into the ground. But, you know, Bledsoe played 32 minutes. Um, he's maybe the one guy that kid has been better about not running into the ground. Um, but, you know, obviously in hindsight, I mean, it was tough because Delhi and, and that offense, they couldn't get anything. I think Delhi missed a, a, at least two or three shots maybe um, that could have been big shots, open threes. He was 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 3 from 3, did have four assists. But, um, again, they needed a spark offensively, and they couldn't get it. And, um, you know, they weren't able to really play through Giannis, and and that's been a theme too of late that they just can't, you know, and part of it's, you know, also Giannis needing to be more aggressive. But um, in second halves it just felt like, you know, they haven't been able to get Giannis good action going to the basket. And Bledsoe was a guy who, who did have some things going uh, on Friday, and unfortunately, he was one of the guys that was observing for much of the fourth quarter. Giannis Adetokounmpo enters the game at 8:35 left in the fourth quarter for Chris Middleton. Would you guess the score for me, Frank? It must have been close, right? Was it 84? Like- 84. Yeah. So, though I agree with you, they stuck with Delhi too long, and though I agree with you, Chris Middleton certainly struggled. Like Giannis had a chance; he, he had the final eight and a half minutes, and there wasn't. How many, sh- how many shots did he take in the final eight minutes? Uh, Giannis makes eight foot, two point shot. David West blocks Giannis Adetokounmpo's eleven foot shot. I think he was. I think at halftime he was six out of thirteen, 
and had 15 points. Giannis, seven-foot hook shot. Yeah, so he had like four points in the fourth quarter, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and this is kind of a problem. You know, I mean, I think he had something like 15 points, five boards, four assists at halftime, yep, and he ends up correct. with 23 points, um, was four out of six in the second half, didn't take a free throw in the second half, two rebounds, no assists, um, no steals in the game, had one block. I mean, his 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 steal and block numbers are have been way down this month. Um, really not making plays defensively, and and obviously it's tough because you know again it's it's chicken and egg, right? I mean, part of it's Giannis has to be aggressive. Part of it is you know are they getting him involved in in productive ways offensively? But um, you know the the Warriors, whatever that happened, you know it was Giannis not really a fact much of a factor in the second half, and and that's doubly hurtful when when Middleton is so bad and. Obviously, in that fourth quarter, I mean, they scored 12 points, you know, like you need your best players to to get involved, be involved, make plays. And, and obviously that didn't really happen from from Giannis. But with Giannis, it was more uh, a sin of omission rather than a sin of commission, which is certainly what Middleton had a bigger issue with. Just two out of 12, one out of five from three, eight points on Friday um, and then follows it up with another stinker on Sunday. Three out of 16 on Sunday against the Heat did make nine out of 10 from the line, but one out of eight from three and 16 points which to be honest like the fact that he managed 16 points on 16 shots is shocks me um but he was able to at least get some free throws but but certainly middleton you know if you're going to pick one guy you know in terms of not delivering up to the standard you expect certainly this weekend middleton's kind of the obvious guy but but obviously more broadly as well i mean Giannis, you know c plus Giannis is still better than most teams best players um but, you know, obviously, especially right now where they've had some problems being as explosive offensively as you'd want the last couple of games, it's tough, right? I mean, because you, you, you wish you could even lean on him further. But, um, you know, that that's just a lot of blame to go around this weekend. Yeah, pretty pretty terrible basketball just uh, all, all around. That There was just moments where the – the Bucks were pretty much unwatchable <laughs> during a lot of, but during both of those games. And yeah, you mentioned Middleton. Obviously, uh, let's see, that's two of twelve and three of sixteen, so five of twenty-eight across the weekend games. And uh, obviously, like you said, we've we've mentioned it before that uh, certainly during last year's playoffs and now a couple times against good teams, Middleton has struggled and he hasn't been as good uh, against those teams and. It's a concerning trend. There's no doubt about it. And he just hasn't been able to deliver in those moments. Am I concerned about it? Yes. Uh, obviously, you don't want to see someone who's averaging 20 points per game have those type of nights um, against good teams, especially against good teams. You want your those players to kind of step up and deliver. Also, though, I would say it is 40 what 45 games no 43 games 42 games um so i would kind of want to see the second half of the season and maybe some of that evens out but yeah he just has not delivered in those games and like you said it really sticks out with him because he doesn't tend to really get easy ones like uh like you said today with the heat game he gets 10 free throws which is kind of a rarity for him he he doesn't typically get those to even out bad shooting nights so normally it's a if it is a bad game it's a two for 10 night and then only hitting one three or no threes and 
four free throws and and that sticks out like a sore thumb and it just hasn't he just hasn't been good enough this year uh in those moments and you really have to hope that he can turn that around in the in this kind of in the second half of the season and and things can kind of trend the other way uh but it, it has been bad and i think with chris it's always noticeably bad because he doesn't get to the basket he doesn't get dunks everything is probably going to be somewhat contested because it just doesn't get a ton of separation on the nights when he's missing shots it just looks really bad yeah and i think the game in miami actually i mean like this was sort of because uh, i think a lot of the a lot of the frustration with fans is that this perception that middleton will take tough shots and then you know that's a, you know obviously that's a shot that that Giannis um or or a more efficient look isn't gonna you know do, doesn't happen um and I thought at least against Miami, I mean, he takes eight threes. I mean, yep. those were good, good looks. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want him not shooting those threes. Um, and that's a broader, I think that's one of the tougher things about the heat game in general. And they, they make four out of 28 from three. I mean, just one of the worst shooting performances that you're going to find. Um, but again, not that they were great from two either. Um, I thought Miami defended well. You know, Whiteside made his presence felt with four blocks and kind of, I think, especially gave Giannis and, and Bledsoe some problems with his rim protection. But um, but yeah, I mean, the shot selection for Chris wasn't as bad, I think, in, in Miami, ironically enough. Um, but, you know, again, it's just... It's it's just tough. I mean, you're you're just gonna have a really hard time scoring points effectively when you know Middleton is that bad, and then obviously Bledsoe was was basically even worse offensively uh, against the Heat, and he was good against the the Warriors. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just the Bucks just sort of seem, um, they just seem like they kind of just were were running out of ideas, and um, and again, I I I I'm always hesitant. You know, it's our old thing. Like you, if you want a team to shoot threes, you can't be mad when they shoot threes. Yep. Um, I'm not as worried about the shot selection, to be honest, against the Heat in terms of the three-point looks. Um, but the problem was they they didn't get out in transition. I think they had just six fast break points, um, and obviously that plays. I think a they lot all had to come in what the first three minutes too. Those transition yeah. points. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Giannis had the nice Euro step or late in the second quarter where he just back ironed a, a layup literally after a nice move. Um, yeah. It just it, nothing was coming easy. It just seemed, and um, obviously, then that puts extra pressure to to be able to to hit shots. And again, if you're gonna go four out of twenty eight from three, I mean, you know, to some extent, you just sort of say, well, Jesus. <laughs> but um, you know, nine, nine is. I mean, that nine would be assists. the right thing to say. Yes. <laughs> But I mean, they had nine assists. Is that that's got to be a season low, right? Nine yeah. assists on Sunday out of twenty-five made field goals. Um, that's brutal, and and obviously that sort of speaks to even beyond the three-point shooting. Tough to get assists when you're just missing threes. But um, even a lot of the shots they did make was you know Giannis uh, eventually creating off the dribble. Um, Brogdon just dribbling and going it to the rim and, and scoring, uh, going to the rim. Um, so just you know again a bad, just a bad look. And you know Thon was. 0 for 5. I mean, you know, again, just looking like he just picked up a basketball yesterday when he catches it around the bat. I mean, he did catch the ball a few times around the around the rim, but I mean, literally no. I mean, just like no way you can look at what he was doing on Sunday and think that this guy is like comfortable trying to to hit a you know a, a three foot shot if there's anybody around him. It was it was brutal to watch. Um, so I, I I don't know. We were we're bleeding in between the, these two games. Um, you know, and, and I guess, you know, again, not that it was the same story in both games. I think certainly the, the offensive drudgery carried over from the fourth quarter on Friday, unfortunately, to this game on Sunday. Um, 
And by the way, I mean, uh, Jordan Tresky, our friend, uh, jokingly, uh, well, not jokingly, but said on Friday, like, just wait until the, 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 you know, as bad as the, I think he said something to the fact of as bad as the Bucks looked in the fourth quarter on Friday, just wait till they score 70 on Sunday. And unfortunately, he was spot on uh, yeah. with the Bucks scoring 79. Um, and, and, you know, it was the joke about, you know, South Beach nightlife being uh, being undefeated. I, I checked this out. The, the Heat are actually better on the road than at home. So so at least uh, at le- I, I, who knows? I don't I, again, I don't believe I don't I, I'm not assuming the Bucks got up to trouble on on Saturday night. But, um, you know, for, for the record, uh, South Beach has not been a, a real uh, has not been any uh, home court advantage this season. They're 12 and nine now at home versus 13 and eight on the road. So um, but, you know. We haven't talked at all about Jason Kidd. I think the, you know, for for anyone who Ooh, just to wait a second. Um, yeah. I so our our friend Matt Moore, um, former guest on the pod, friend of the pod, uh, has been doing some more with his new work at the Action Network. He's been doing some more stuff with like lines and gambling and things like that, and he had written something about LA nightlife and how much of an effect that can be. Um, and I asked since he was looking up numbers like that, what has it been for, uh, the bucks or excuse me, what has it been for the heat on Sunday matinee games? And I believe I'm trying to look for the tweet right now, struggling to find it, but I believe the, the record was 17 and four on Sunday games, played before 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, 17 and four in their last 21. So uh, though their home court advantage may not be, uh, may not be quite as uh, significant, uh, the, the Sunday game after a Saturday night in Miami um, does appear to have some effect. Yeah. And we will see, uh, we'll see what happens with the Bucks on Monday. They, they are, they get another matinee uh, against the Wizards, a team that obviously they're fresh off beating in D.C. Um, so I'm sure the Wizards will have extra motivation to to try to, uh, you know, give the Bucks a little bit more. Although we kind of mentioned it, you know, the Buc- the Wizards had every motivation after, you know, the foul against Delhi and all the other stuff. And they pretty much shrunk from from that. So we'll see. I mean, the Bucks, you know, again, I think under Jason Kidd, they're basically like we were saying a week ago, they're a coin flip team. I mean, they're just, you know, they're fine. They're 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 talented. They're gonna win games on talent. They're not gonna ever put together long win streaks, it seems, because they can't really play with much consistency and they just defend really poorly in general. Um today obviously was not a poor defensive effort, but in general. Um so we'll see. And I think, you know, again, if if you're looking for a bright side, if you're sitting around wondering, maybe one day the Bucks will change their coaching staff and maybe then I can feel excited that this team has a chance to be better prepared and live up to hopefully the talent that it has um that that's really i think the only bright spot for a lot of people certainly in my timeline is that this is just an excuse to kind of point at hey look at the heat that's a really well coached team they're not they don't have any stars they're not they have no all-stars nobody in that you know as much as Dragic played well today especially with some of those threes in the second half you know he's not an all-star um but that's a really well coached team and they're well ahead of the bucks in the standings at the moment they're i think a game behind the Cavs in the standings and um unfortunately the bucks are not going to go out and be able to hire eric spolstra but i think these games are just reminders of you know again just what where the bucks are and where the bucks are not <laughs> yeah it, it, it is absolutely that case and i mean both you and i have 
expressed our admiration for Spolstra and the job that he's done uh, over the years. Uh, yeah, I think even going back to the Brew Who podcast, we've always kind of talked about how much that we like Spolstra. And yeah, days like today are very, are, are very telling, I think, because when you look at that Heat roster, not only do I think they have a number of bad contracts, I think they have a number of meh players. Like there's not a ton of guys on that roster that I'm really like, oh man, really wish uh, the Bucks had a guy like blank. Yeah, I mean, pick anybody. Uh, and then you look at their contracts and you think, man, their contracts are bad. They have paid too much for too many middling players, and then they come out and do that to the Bucks. And it, it was just kind of funny. I, I thought. We talked about this before, uh, before we started recording, and there was a sequence where who had the and one? Was it Giannis that, had, or maybe it was Chris's like only made bucket in the second half where uh, he gets that and one? I can't remember. It was it was one of those two, and then down on the other end, Kelly Olynyk gets his own backdoor cut. It, it on was Giannis. Giannis. Giannis and, and one Olenek. There you go. Olenek. Yeah. There you go. And so and then Olenek, Olenek gets gets his own and one, and it be, and it comes on just a play where Giannis decided to freelance and attempt to get a steal and just left him. And throughout the game, there was just so many of those buckets where you look at the players on the floor for the Heat and say, "Man, those those dudes are not good." Uh, like those those guys should not be getting past the Bucks, and then you would see just a number of small things that Eric Spolstra had done, where it'd be like, okay, well this guy can't get past his defender, so let's run a dribble handoff here, and that'll give him a sliver of space and get them going. Or if they're in the corner, and all of a sudden Giannis leaves you, back cut, and you'll get a basket. And their team is just generally aware of that's how it's going to be, and they move the ball, and it's drive kick and pump fake and kick and drive and just back and forth and it goes round and round and the sum of their parts is greater it just is that all of them playing together really helps lift them up and the the thing you can point to about the the thing you can point to when players play above their level is coaching is strategy is tactics are the things that you can do to get that small edge uh, on every play and that really helps out and i just thought throughout the game you could see those edges given to guys who uh, the bucks are more talented than the heat i i don't even know if it's is it close like i don't i don't think it really is like i i think the bucks are are, obviously, I have major questions about the Bucks' depth, but I still think that is a better team than that Heat team. And the Heat are twenty-five and seventeen now after the game. Like it, it, like you, it just points to one thing: that the, these players are not being put in the best positions to succeed. The Bucks get just twelve from the bench today, and you know, watching watching Brogdon play at a high level the last couple of games kind of made me. Th- continue to think about uh the starting five and and him being the starting five versus snell coming off the bench uh snell was good off the bench against the warriors um you know again i don't think that's necessarily uh you know like the bucks didn't lose the game these past couple games because of snell being brought off the bench um but i still kind of i don't know i still kind of feel like that there's there's some sub optimization there in terms of 
um, overlapping minutes and, and things like that. Just because again, I, I, I really would like to see Brogdon and Bledsoe split up more. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it, right now the, the starting five with Brogdon is plus eight points per 100. The starting lineup with Snell is plus 14 points per 100. We'll kind of continue to monitor that. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what more, what more I have to say really about today's game and, and Friday's Ooh, game. I got other... something. Oh, you do. Giannis, be aggressive. You're the best player on the team, one of the five best players on the planet. Be aggressive at all times. Like if We've talked kind of about how this offense is lacking in creativity, it is stagnant at times, and the games where things are the worst is when the ball doesn't move and guys decide to go one-on-one. If Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton are going to go one-on-one, and each take 16 shots in Miami, you should have 32 shots. <laughs> like <laughs> that, They have decided that if things aren't moving, that they will go out and take shots. And that includes six threes from Eric Bledsoe, all of them ill-advised. And he took all of them, stepped into them confidently. Like, Giannis, this is your team. Just go out and be selfish sometimes. Like, we had talked about it before we started recording, but there was just this level of patience to Giannis's game in the fourth quarter that I understand you're being covered by James Johnson, and he is an MFer. There is no doubt about that. I, I will I will totally concede that. And Hassan Whiteside is on the floor a bunch of the time. But this is your team. If you take bad mid-range pull-ups, like, people don't really mind because you're one of the five best players on the planet. Like, you can do that. You've earned that right. So... Use that right. Exploit that right. Take a bunch of shots. Like Giannis in attack mode means the Bucks are the the best version of the Bucks. Giannis in passive, passing, patient mode are the Bucks not in their in the at their best version. Like the best version of the Bucks is when Giannis is attacking. So Giannis, you have to attack all the time. Yeah, and and again, it, it's tough. I mean, Giannis is you know Giannis is bad month, and this doesn't include this. Uh, this is just uh, going in today, uh, in January, twenty six points, eight rebounds, four point six assists, point nine steals, or sorry, one steal, point nine blocks, um, and his shots are down to fifteen point six per game um, on the season. There were about nineteen uh, this month, and he's shooting. 60% from the field. Um, so it's not that he's slumping in terms of making shots. Drag that baby down to 50. I don't care. Take some more yeah. shots, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the hard part, right, is is just his uh, his shots are down this month. And, again, this is not a, a, sim- a simple thing. I mean, again, it's Giannis and it's the team finding him in positions where he, he's going to get shots. I thought today one of the big struggles was getting him ISOed or getting him touches against guys who were not James Johnson. Um and they didn't, I, I, you know, in hindsight, a lot of times they I'm step against back. that idea. He's the best player on the team, one of the five best players on the planet. I don't care who's covering you. Yeah, but but that's no reason why you shouldn't try to get him the ball more against mismatches. I mean, I'm saying, yeah, go more at James Johnson, but also, you know, let's try to get him more like, the ball against Kelly Olynyk. The problem is they played in the entire first quarter. Probably would have been good to try to stagger his minutes such that he came back um, at the start of the second rather than coming back midway through the second and then basically having to go against the good <laughs> the good heat again. Um, but again, 26 points. His rebounding's way down to eight this month. Um, his steal, his blocks, I mean, he hasn't been above one block a game since November uh, in terms of monthly averages. His steals are down this month. He's not making plays on defense the way he was. I mean, I'm sure there's a correlation there between 
the Bucks' success, although today they were actually pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, it's definitely something that, again, we're, 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 I think at this point we, we have the right to feel a little spoiled because we've seen Apex Giannis, Apex Predator Giannis, <laughs> yep. and uh, we know what he can do. And, um, again, his, uh, he's become less involved, and obviously the Bucks have had a bunch of pretty bad games of late. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Monday uh, against a team that was one of his better recent performances uh, in Washington, and hopefully he can kind of recapture that aggressiveness uh, on both ends and again um he needs help but uh today i mean t- today it took a, it took a village to get blown out by 18 uh in <laughs> miami and uh and you know uh, it's a fr- it's a i mean that sucked that's a crappy game that's why that's why you're that's why you're i mean where are the, where let me let me check where are the bucks and stains are they like seventh or eighth maybe um they're probably close to tied for eighth with the pacers they're eighth yeah the pacers ESPN has the Pacers with the tiebreaker, right? And I, and I don't know what the um, – was it one-to-one head, head-to-head with the Pacers? Um, yes. I can't remember. But either way, um, the Bucks right now are in eighth place in the East. So um, don't be happy with that, folks. Woof. Don't be happy with that. And uh, I'm sure ownership is is thrilled with the uh, with the head coaching position right now, looking at where, where this team is. But, uh, again um, – this is uh, it, it feels like a very consistent story from the Bucks. Don't trust them. <laughs> As we end this podcast, uh, uh, obviously a couple players, uh, 41 games through, you're, ha- you're at the halfway point. Some people ask, you know, how do you feel about the team halfway through? And uh, I thought Malcolm Brogdon's quote after the game against the Warriors was, was pretty dead on. I think we've been inconsistent. I think we've honestly underperformed so far, but I think we have the potential and we're going to rise to the expectations and rise to the occasion in the second half of the season. I don't know if I agree with the second part. I certainly agree with the first part. Uh, this team has been inconsistent, and they have underperformed to this point. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's any denying it at this at this juncture. Uh, I don't know how you could. So that's what we're. The, I mean, that's kind of the the barrel we're looking down right now. This is an inconsistent team, and they have the personnel to fix all of that. They can come out and, and win a bunch of games and um, put themselves in a really good spot because as you look at that playoff picture, you mentioned them in eighth, but if you're in, let's see, I, I don't I don't know with this team and coaching staff as currently constituted, I don't think they have a chance against the Celtics, Raptors, or Cavaliers, which means maybe the Cavaliers implode and that means something a little bit different but right now I don't know if you're winning a first round series unless you're a four or five seed so no, to- to- totally agree totally agree I mean th- that is um, th- th- that's what the Bucks are up against right I-, I think and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy if, if the Bucks can't do better than six seven eight that means they're underperforming yep. and they're all the more likely to get it handed to them by one of those good teams in the top three spots because I think those three teams have have separated and again anything can happen but um certainly the top three teams look like the best three teams in the east and then thereafter nothing would surprise me the bucks i think you know again if if they're happy with the fifth seed or the sixth seed then they need to like have higher goals because yes um because right now they're like you know like you said i mean they're they're uh, they're underachieving and um they have a negative point differential and they're lucky to be even above 500 so um it's going to be interesting i mean philly is a team at 19 and 20 
that that's a team that if Embiid stays healthy, I I think you got to watch out for them. The Bucks have not played the Sixers yet. Um, I think they've got uh, what first game this month, I believe, I against think the Sixers. Saturday. Um, or maybe I two think it's Saturdays be, from now. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because uh, certainly the Bucks need to kind of get their act together more broadly. But um, if they can't start beating out you know teams like the Pacers uh, and and the Heat, even right? I mean, <laughs> like I don't know if there's anything more defeatist than thinking like, oh, the Heat are just a good team. Give me a freaking break! Like Eric Spolster does not should not like doom you to being you know an eight seed or something like that like eh, so anyway whatever i feel like we've bitched and moaned enough well i would disagree with that but i'm <laughs> i'm tired of doing it so i i'm okay with wrapping up the show for today we will tr- we'll do all of this again tomorrow a day game again for the bucks so we will release this podcast here yet this evening uh so hopefully you get a chance to listen to it sunday night into uh monday morning and then you can hear us I was going to say complain about a loss to the Wizards, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe the Bucks win that one on a, on MLK Day on a Monday matinee game. We'll see if they show up for that one. For Frank, this is Eric. This has been Locked On Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.